Welcome to Tabernacle Talks, the podcast where we gather to explore the heart and soul of Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. I'm your host, Pastor Gary Boyd, and I'm thrilled to have you join us for these insightful conversations. Each episode, Tabernacle Talks delves into stories, teachings, and experiences that shape our faith community. We bring you interviews and discussions with our fellow church members, leaders, and special guests who share a deep connection with the Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. From the comfort of your homes, cars, or wherever you're listening, we invite you to embark on a journey of faith, discovery, and community. Together, we'll explore a wide range of topics that are of significance to our church family. We'll delve into scripture, seeking wisdom and insight for our daily lives. We'll hear stories of transformation, faith journeys, and the powerful ways God is working in the lives of our fellow believers. In each episode, we'll also discuss practical ways we can live out our faith, serving our community, and making a positive impact in the world around us. We hope to inspire and equip you to live a life filled with purpose and devotion. So, whether you're a longtime member of Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle, or a new visitor seeking spiritual nourishment, Tabernacle Talks is here to encourage, uplift, and connect us all. Join us as we gather around the digital table, sharing stories, exploring the depths of our faith, and fostering a sense of togetherness that extends beyond the walls of our church. Get ready for engaging conversations, heartfelt moments, and a deeper understanding of what it means to be a part of Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. Thank you for tuning in to Tabernacle Talks. Let's begin this extraordinary journey together. Today on the Tabernacle Talks podcast, we are joined by one of our church planners, Brother Aaron Hahn. Brother Aaron, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here and uh, talk with you this afternoon. Brother Aaron is the pastor of the Hilltop Baptist Church in Helton, Oklahoma, and we've been supporting him as he and his family moved there to help revitalize a church that was really struggling. And that's going to be our topic uh, for most of the day is talking about revitalization and just some of your experience uh, with how things are going there at uh, Hilltop Baptist Church. Uh, before we get started with our questions, uh, how are things going at the church uh, there in Helton? Uh, things are going well. You know, this uh, we just celebrated our fourth year uh, there at uh, Hilltop Baptist Church. Um, and it's hard to believe it's been four years already. It's really flown by. But um, things are good. You know, we, we I feel like uh, we, we're, we've we been working to find a core. Um, you know, we... Uh, at one, it kind of was just uh, us and another family, and we're kind of there, and and so we kind of worked our way to a core. Now we, now that we have, like we have, it's a, it's a small, it's small core, but now it's a, a step we can take this core and grow it, you know. Oh, and so uh, that's so I feel like we we, we, we finally have uh, something to start from in a sense. Uh, but it's been it's been good. It's been you know, there's challenges like anything, and and small towns. I've definitely learned a lot. It's different. Uh, than most places for sure. Yeah, but it's been it's been a great journey so far. Well, four years. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I would imagine you know anytime an anniversary comes up, you kind of go back and you rehearse and think mm-hmm. through uh, how it all started. Could you share some of the story with us of how you became involved uh, with the Hilltop Baptist Church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as I was thinking about it, even um, uh, you know four years ago, and it actually started um, our uh, our sending church, which is 
Tabernacle Baptist Church in Altus, Oklahoma, Pastor Greg Hahn. Uh, he's uh, kind of had always had a desire uh, to to really plant churches in rural Oklahoma. Um, now, little did he know when that when the Lord gave him that vision uh, that it would be revitalization of churches. Uh, and but that's what it's uh, taken place. And so, matter of fact, uh, we're the third church they revitalized. Um, that were basically a full building. Um, I mean, they uh, had a, it, uh, many of them had parsonages, but no pastor, and they were on the verge of basically selling their property and just closing their doors. Mm. And so, uh, Hilltop, which was it was once known as a as a as a missionary church, um, and so they they contacted um, really or my uh, or Pastor Ron knew of a, of a member through church camp relationships, things like that called them up and to see how things were going and uh, what they needed and, and matter of fact brother walker he'll tell you the story he'll, he, he, if you'd hear he tell you the story uh, he remembers just praying all night saying you know they were praying to what to do and to sell the property and they got a phone call from pastor Hahn about you know the possibility of going under their leadership and kind of really starting over yeah. um and so I, and so when that happened i, I got I, I live in arizona at the time i i, uh, I worked a full-time job but I, uh, I i served there at a church plant there in Oro valley arizona under pastor alfred king and um i remember getting a phone call and you know calling about you know pastoring and i, I first thought was no you know i'm like i <laughs> and it's not it, it was because it was small town hilton it was more because pastoring i was like that's that's not for me youth pastor not, not you know pastoring is is i don't think i i can do that um and then as years went on we went through a, a lot of a, a lot of just trials in life and and i remember like i was telling her i was preaching a message uh a few weeks ago, and I told our people, I said, sometimes the Lord puts you through a lot of trials to transform you and prepare you for something. And uh, sometimes it speeds up the spiritual growth part sometimes, which, you know, you don't you don't think about it. It does. And, and lo and behold, um, I, got, I got asked about Hilton, and, and I, I've never been closed-minded. I, was, I always say I'll pray about it, and I did. And I remember going there in June of 2019, uh, even before that, I, I already had the sense the Lord wanted us to be there. I remember pulling into Hilton, Oklahoma there in June of 2019, and I remember blinking and I missed the town, you know, because it's how small <laughs> it is. Uh, but I remember just walking in the doors and automatically knowing, Lord, this is where you want us to be. Um, and that was my first interaction. I remember preaching that day. My brothers actually came down, met me there, and we we, we were there uh, for the service that morning. And just knew after the service and everything that this is where the Lord wanted us to be. And then later, September uh, of 19, we, we, we moved down. And that's really kind of been the history. We, we've you know been there since then. And so Lord's uh, grown us uh, as a you know as a as a first pastorate, a uh, young pastor, uh, definitely learned a lot of things and so uh, uh, in that, but I, I really do enjoy Hilton, Oklahoma very much. Now, it sounds like from your testimony that uh, your pastor, Pastor Hahn, mm-hmm. who just happens to have the same last name yes. as you, it's your dad, <laughs> yes. uh, that his example and his passion may have uh, rubbed off on you mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks who who don't feel that call mm-hmm. to enter into a revitalization work. Yeah. Were there other things in your life leading up to taking on this this mission uh, that God used to prepare you for this? Yes, uh, you know, I when I was ever since I moved to Arizona uh, when after Bible college, 
Um, I, I always I had this plan in my mind that I'd be there for two years, just to there to serve, um, and then I'd go be a, a youth pastor somewhere. And every time the two years would come up, or the first two years come up, uh, nothing happened, and I and I <clears throat> kind of frustrated at that. But a lot of it was, I would say, you know, lack of spiritual growth. My own part, you know, sometimes you know, Bible college, you think you're the spiritualest person in the world, and then you have to be grown a little bit in that and the Lord definitely did that in my life and then another two years passed so it's four years and you're thinking okay this is what we're going to do something no and then uh really about I would say the the fifth year or, or the four and a half mark there at Arizona uh that's when a lot of things started uh I started thinking about you know I don't you know it may not be youth pastoring and I was at a church plant and uh I, we moved there while they were in their third year of their church plant and so I remember just through that, I mean, there was a lot of practical ministry experience, church playing experience. And I, I can tell you even, even starting at Hilton, how much those years at, at Aura Valley pop in my head constantly of, I remember going through something like this, you know, but, but, but now I understand more what my pastor went through. You know, I, I didn't have, I know I didn't understand what he went through at the time, but now I do. I go back to that mindset because I'm going through those things and, um, and so really about that four and a half year mark, the Lord started, um, I think really, um, working my heart about, about, uh, pastoring or even, even church planning. And, um, and, uh, I, I remember at the time I, I was thinking about, you know, starting a church, um, in Texas actually is, uh, around the San Marcos area. And, um, cause honestly, I, I said, Lord, I, I'm never going to go back to Oklahoma, you know, and I, <laughs> Obviously, I ate my words. So, so now I tell the Lord, I'm never going to Hawaii. And I'm never <laughs> going to go there. And so maybe that it, it works out that way. Maybe not. I'm just kidding. But no. Um, but that's where, you know, and so church planning has always kind of been like a passion. And or I would say last uh, probably a couple of years at Arizona and just being a part of a family really that, that has church planning. It definitely, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's. It's been a part of my, I guess, my DNA in a sense and carried over the Lord and, and definitely has uh, brought that together for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, kids now of your own that yes. are watching you and you're instilling that same uh, that same legacy into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, revitalizing a church, that certainly involves a lot of um, changes and adjustments. Can you describe uh, maybe your approach or some of the key strategies that you have tried to implement uh, to breathe new life into this congregation. Yes. Um, you know, when I first moved to uh, um, Hilton, there at Hilltop Abbas Church, um, I'm, you know, I'm a very, uh, I want to say I'm very organized body. I, I, so I'm an organized person. I'm very much about presentation, things like that. And many times, I remember when I walked in the doors and I'm thinking, you know, my, my mind first hits of all the things I want to change or need to change or or think I need to change. And, you know, um, it's not nice enough here or there. And, and our, now, now our auditorium is actually beautiful. It's very nice. It's, it was actually uh, uh, sad. Uh, well, at the time, it, you know, it was actually remodeled recently before they were even going to close the doors down. So it had, it had a remodeled auditorium that they were just going to shut the doors and, you know, that's the, the the sad part about it. But, you know, uh, so there's other parts of it that need to be, you know, f- adjusted and fixed. But that was one of my mindsets. Why I, and I got to change this, change that. And it really, and I, I, as I've grown as a pastor, 
I mean, those are key things, I think, to a point. And, and, and there's certain aspects, especially inertia. I think that was always a big a big avenue of, of you know, if they're going to have your kids there, you want to take them somewhere where they don't feel scared. We had some visitors one time come to our downstairs nursery at the time before it was remodeled. And the kids were scared because it was a dungeon. They said, oh, no. and so like so we so that we did change that. But that, but I've learned that it, you know it's not about necessarily the remodel, but it's it really is about the spirit. And you know we you know a lot of things that I, we try to do as far as just uh, you know reaching out to people, showing love, and and making them feel greeted. So at a small town in our church, it's it's so naturally and easy us to come and just sit in our pews. And so many times I'm, you know, I started just trying to go around the room and shaking hands or, you know, and then we started doing a, a handshake song just because making people feel welcome um, in that. And, and then also uh, one thing for me, it's, uh, is, uh, you know, as a, as a preacher is I never wanted it because, you know, there's sometimes a church planner, you're going to church and it's your family and maybe two other people. Right. And you easily can get like, okay, I can not put so much effort in this because I'm putting effort in it for the mm-hmm. this people or the, just for this amount of people when I want to put effort for this you know this much more people and I really learned is that you know no matter how many show up on a, on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Wednesday is they deserve to get the full effort in it and to never be treated like you know um I guess, or a service is a failure, right? It's all about the presence of God. And so a lot of it was just trying to always have the same spirit and attitude and in and, and that aspect. And, and of course, we, uh, we did do things as far as community stuff, and we, we had a bad reputation. I can tell you that the first day I moved to Hilton, uh, we had the AT&T guy come out and put internet in our house. And he goes, I know th- uh, who owns this. And he goes, yeah, the, the pastor used to live here. It's hard to tell me. And it was negative stories. And, mm-hmm. and I go, and I... And I'm not even stepped foot in the in the church yet, as you know, as the past my first Sunday, and I'm already getting negative stuff. I'm like going, "Yep, well, this is what we have to change." And and so a lot of it was just I, I knew that we had to uh, change the perception, and and that and, and that was going to take time. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we I started subbing at the at the high school uh, there in Hilton, and uh, just started making uh, relationships through that. And it actually happened to work out where uh, a lady, a, a teacher, was having a baby. And so I subbed for six weeks. And that really, really helped as far as just I was there every day, you know, Monday through Friday. And it was a challenge as, as far as preaching-wise, that kind of stuff. But as far as relationship goes, uh, meeting so many people and, and then knowing their kids and then and then putting the kids together to face with their parents. And then that, that really – and we started doing things and building off of that. And, and the Lord really opened up those doors as far as just, um, you know, working on just one day at a time. And I think that's what uh, sometimes you want to just fix the history in one setting. Right. But a lot of it's just inch by inch. Just, you know, people will see the difference of you uh, if you just chip away at it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we've been doing, little aspects of that. Wow. So, Yeah, I, I really appreciate what you said about, um, you know, putting the effort into the services. I know that's something from the beginning here at the Baptist Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. You know, I made a promise to the people I'll put the same amount of effort into the Sunday night and Wednesday night services that I do the Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But when you see the numbers and yeah. you actually have to, yeah. you know, do that knowing that there's going to be half the people, mm-hmm. that can be really difficult. It, it can be, absolutely. 
you mentioned a little bit about it, but um, what are some of the other hurdle, hurdles or obstacles that you've had to face, and uh, how have you seen God work to overcome them? Anything uh, particularly memorable? Uh, I know you know you mentioned the parsonage that you guys had some uh, problems with the the building there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just a lot of things that you've had to deal with. What are what are some of those stories you could share with us? You know, I it's. I'll, sometimes I actually um, get nervous for our yearly anniversary, and because of that, it seems like every time there's an anniversary, our anniversary, there is a a moment of of high uh, of a high that we we experience. Well, then all of a sudden we go through a season of lows, mm-hmm. and you know our, our first year, you know, obviously we, we, we when I first you know started at uh, Hilltop. You know, they're 19 and then going into 20. Well, then 2020, everybody knows what happened in 2020 as far as COVID. And so then you're asking yourself, man, you brought me here in the middle of COVID to start a church in a small town. Like, that's how, how is this going to work, you know? Um, and so that that was a season. But then, you know, after 2020, you know, I think really in 2020, beginning of 2021, and almost – um, some, you know, Lord started really doing some, uh, some just miraculous things as far as we had many souls say, I think that year alone, I think there was, uh, we had, uh, 19 people get saved that year. Wow. And, uh, you know, honestly, when I first moved to Hilton, one, one thought I put in my mind was 10 years, uh, you know, is prepare myself for, for not to see somewhat fruit until 10 years, mm-hmm. just because I knew what I was walking into in the, in the, in the past and the history. Well, then 2020 happened, and honestly, it was a. I feel like I, I say now it's a teaser. You know, it was it was like you know I thought okay, man, this, this is a lot faster than I expected, and and then you know then you know I think every pastor knows this feeling of where you know things seem great, things are going going the wonderful, but then you get people that leave for whatever reason and they don't tell you. You know, they, it, 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 they don't really communicate with you, and and many of them are just going through different seasons and they don't know how to communicate what they're going through. So it's easier just to rip the bandit off and just leave you hanging. But that's but it hurts as a pastor. You know, yeah, you, you still does. have to to deal with that because uh, because what people don't I think realize the pastor sometimes is, you know, whenever a person leaves, the pastor looks at himself in the mirror and says. Is it my fault? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, what did I do wrong? Uh, you know, you uh, you question your calling. You you actually if you're a failure. So there you go through that season, um, and then we we, we lost uh, one of our fee, uh, families, uh, key families. We lost Miss Ellen Walker that year uh, to to COVID, and she was one of the she was like the person I could count on. I mean, if we had fellowships, I knew she would make too much food. You yeah. know, if we <laughs> need help in the nursery or help in a class. She'd do it, yeah. and she'd be there, and you know, and and then as a church plan, as a young church, uh, you want people you know you can count on, and it's like, you know, uh, but now she's gone, and now her husband who ha- already had some health issues, and he's he does great. I mean, he, he almost every Sunday he apologizes to me because he feels like he's you know he's not doing enough, and I always tell him that. You know, you, you do more than you than you should mm-hmm. already, and so he is such a blessing, and he's always has has been. He has his, his daughter lives with them, uh, and she is a blessing. She honestly she she takes on the characteristic of her mother, and so you you see aspects of just how God's used those seasons, and then so with that, and then you know people leaving, and then we, uh, and then this last year it was more of a of a, a personal trial. 
um, and we went through just our, our church parsonage flooded, and we went through almost, I want to say it was eight months of a remodel. Oh, it, my word. We lived, we have, we have four kids, so we lived in, the, in just the back three bedrooms for eight months with no kitchen, and in the town of uh, Hilton, uh, less than 3,000 people, we have three restaurants, oh, Pizza no. Hut, Subway, and Sonic, <laughs> um, and so we... We'd eat those, but then those get old, so you go to Ardmore, which is 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So you, you know that that you know uh, puts into your schedule, you know, and so that and that was actually just after um, our youngest was born, Drake, uh, and so he he's he, he he don't know what a normal life is mm-hmm. because he that's how his uh, he was raised pretty much for those eight months almost, and and so then you have you have that, and then you know uh, so but through that though the Lord's brought you know we have um two members of our church families that actually were a part of uh one of the reasons why the church had to almost close because it split Mm -hmm. and we had two families that actually um said uh they would never step foot back into that church but now they're members again of hilltop baptist church so in the midst of that difficult season as hard as it was you see the pauses and how God's moved. So there's always been there's been hurdles and and you know with that um, I think there's testings of you know m- my wife and I talk all the time about it is you know uh, you know we feel like we've been tested for so much in these four years mm-hmm. that it really it really just gets the sense that we understand this that that Satan really doesn't want Hilltop Baptist Church in Hilton um, because I think. I think he knows what is capable of, you know, yeah. and and not not saying that's gonna it's gonna evolve into a mega church. I, I don't know what the future holds of Hilton Baptist Church, but I know that there's that there's a possibility that it can make a far-reaching impact in, uh, as far as many lives. And I always tell our people, you know, I want Hilltop to not, you know, it can make it, it needs to make a difference in its community. But if we do our job the way God has called us to do, it can make an impact even farther outside of our community. Like this small town can affect many things around the world if Amen. we do our part. And so there's there's definitely been obstacles and, and just it's also relationships. You know, people are still wondering how long they're going to stay. I mean, I, I've been there for four years, and this is amazing. I'm already one of the longest tenured pastors in Hilton in four years. There's There is three others who are before me, and they've been there for a lot longer than I have. Um, but uh, I, I am definitely the youngest pastor in Hilton, and people tell you uh, I actually have a member of my church, and he, he's just very transparent, honest, honest individual. He tells me sometimes, like, I'm waiting for you to leave because that's what he's used to, mm-hmm. and because, you know, young pastors use it as a stepping stone. Now, I don't know what the future holds, uh, but but that, that, that that's a hurdle in the sense of that's the mindset that, that, that no one wants to stick it out and stay there. Um, and I, but I honestly tell myself, and I, I believe, and I, you know, the Lord has really shown me in it is that I really see the potential of Hilton of like, you know, uh, the greater longer you're in one place, the greater I think that you can see how the Lord can use it through generations and generations and generations. And I know that's not the norm as far as in some some of our ministry circles today where they got to want a, a better paying position or they want a more congregation and it's still, although it's tempting it really is um but there's work to be done and i think it, that if you work at it and you're faithful to it lord lord blesses it and so a lot of it i say one hurdle is just the the psyche mm-hmm. right the satan putting thoughts in your head and and says you know you don't have to work this hard if you were somewhere else yeah. you know you don't have to work this hard if you were this and it's like that might, might be true um but i you know lord constantly just reminds me just 
this is where he's called me, and he's going to work it out the way that he sees fit. We just got to be faithful to do this or that. So yeah, oh, that's good. You know, I think one of the things people forget or they overlook about churches in small towns is you really do have an opportunity to affect your community mm-hmm. at all levels uh, in a very visible way. You know, um, the school board, uh, city council, uh, all these things, all, all these positions of community influence are not out of reach, you know, for Absolutely. your church. And, you know, you talk about uh, substitute teaching, uh, the percentage of kids in the community that that you can influence and that you can build a relationship with is much greater uh, than, a, than a town where there's, you know, three high schools mm-hmm. uh, and you're just a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, people think going to small towns is small ministry, but oh. in a lot of ways it's, it's, there's more opportunities than in the big towns. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Um, you know, we believe that community involvement is obviously a critical aspect of any church ministry, but especially with a church revitalization. And when you are trying to rebuild that, uh, that reputation in the community and, and uh, have people see you as a, a viable option. I don't know if that's really the right way to say yeah. it, but, you know, when they are looking for a church to visit, you want them to think good things about yeah. your church. Um, can you discuss some ways in which your church has become an active part of the community? I know following you on Facebook, I see you guys doing something, it seems like, every other week uh, with your with your community. How have you guys been able to build such great inroads uh, to, to the community? And then what is the positive impact that this has had, not just on the town, but also on your congregation? I remember it was 2020 when, you know, the COVID happened and a lot of schools didn't know if they were going to have graduation and a lot, of, a lot of them were canceled. Um, and, uh, but a lot of it because of government regulations when it comes to just the school districts, things like that. Uh, well, churches weren't, weren't, uh, weren't a part of that restriction. And so I actually reached out to some senior parents that I knew, uh, and just, just made mention of them. I said, you know, um, how would some parents feel about if we did like a graduation service at our church? Uh, I know that, um, you know, uh, just want to, you know, share a thought out there, you know, uh, and we don't mind hosting something like that. And it really kind of evolved from that moment in 2020 to like a, a graduation uh, celebration service. Uh, they called it a senior tea, a senior appreciation service. So that, that first year, I think there was like 30 or 41, uh, 38 to 41 graduates. And we only had, we had 13 show up uh, at that first service with their families. And uh, uh, now, it's, now it's probably like maybe close around 80 people at the time. And we we, uh, we preached a gospel message and got them all uh, gifts and, and things of that nature. And then really fr- that was the first moment that we did really something as a community. And then from there, I just kind of, uh, I asked them, you know, could we do something like this every year? You know, because like you made mention men- uh, earlier about, you know, when there, when yours, you know, I graduated from Altus High in Altus, Oklahoma, which I graduated with 336 students. So there's no way for one church to host that many and do, and to give them. You know, we actually our church at, at Hilltop strive to give each graduate twenty dollars and a Bible. And so with you know, you think about in, in a bigger town, 330 graduates. That's that's a lot of money, a lot of you know to spend. Yeah. Uh, but when a town of under 3,000 people when the graduates are around 40, 41, you know, 45 around that number, 
you know, at, at, you know that's a lot easier number to hit in that yeah. regard, and, and and an impact you can make in that. And so we just we uh, reached uh, reached out, said you know, could do the next year. And then really from that year, it just really has grown, and it even uh, uh, we even combine it with the, the uh, they called it a a baccalaureate, and we uh, do the pledge of the Christian flag and things like that as well, and, and pledge of the Bible, um, and then we we have special uh, you know music and uh, a special like message, and and so that really kind of built up, and then we. Now we actually fill our auditorium. I mean, it's probably 150, uh, you know, people in there, and wow. and it's every uh, every spring, and and that really is one of our big uh, big services. And that's what we. And then we just do like try to do some youth things or have done youth things like you know services. Whether we'll do a youth night and just invite kids in the community, um, or um, you know we uh, try to be involved in any way that we can. Um, and, and, and partnering and helping with things and, and things of that nature. We're, 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 we've been doing team nights recently where uh, we, we host, uh, whether it's a football team or a basketball team. Uh, matter of fact, in the spring, uh, it's, it's kind of uh, not really uh, – I say it's unheard of. We're actually, uh, actually doing a team night for the band. Mm-hmm. And because, a lot, you know, we don't want to just cater to just certain sects of, of – of people or, or, you know, uh, and, and want to spread really, cause we're, we're called to reach everyone, not just certain people. And so we want to be a blessing to all those in the, there in, uh, at the school and in our community. And so, um, that's kind of, you know, we just, you know, I, I knew we had to do that as a church because we wanted to show love. Yeah. And I'm actually, I, I you know, I remember talking to brother, uh, Bill Prater, uh, used to pastor out there in liberal Kansas, uh, fellowship Baptist church. He said, you know, there's, there's, there's two types of outreach in a sense. He goes, one thing, one thing you do as far as you know, as far as your community, where you do things with, it, almost like an expectation to get some out of, in the sense of where it's an outreach to try to get people to come to your church, to try to reach them. Another thing you just do, regardless of any expectation in return, and because you're doing it to try to have a good name try to let people know what you're about and that's really what a lot of some of the things that we do it's it's not about we're, we're not really expecting anything in return is just that we want the community to know that hilltop Baptist church is there for them yeah and uh and it's it's really amazing when you go and knock on the door and you invite someone to church and someone tells you that says man you know y'all do a lot for such a small church for the community and and I said, oh, that's just what we love to do. And so people people realize that and see that at our church, that we're known that if, if things need needed to be done or whatever, that like Hilltop Abbott's Church is going to be there. Um, and and with that, you know, it, it's allowed us to kind of, you know, we've, we've had to scale back some things. Um, but, a lo- but a lot of times we did things, and not that it had to be an every year thing, but it's more of we just want the community to know that we're here for them. And we've shown that to the community, like they know that we're there for them and that we love them and if they need something. And um, and that's really been a blessing just to see the Lord use that. And and that, that's actually, I can tell you that that's one of the reasons why the those members of our church now who who, who left during the split, why they came back, because they saw what we did. Right. Uh, they saw the kind of uh, love we have for the community because they when they were a part of the church before, it didn't have that type of feeling. And so that's, um, and I, I remember when we first did it, I told those, the, some of the members that, that stayed through the split, and I said, you know, we're, you know, we're not doing things to get people to come back. 
We're not doing things to try to, you know, even try to get people. We're just doing things to, to let people know this is what we want to be known as. But it's worked that way because we've done it. We've tried to do it the right way. Yeah. Well, I think it's important, too, for our listeners to, to hear you say, you mentioned, you know, here you are a smaller congregation. And yet these are not things that are reserved for the big churches. Mm-hmm. Smaller churches can still have an impact on yeah. their community. Uh, all it takes is a little bit of maybe creativity, a willingness to get out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. But there are opportunities for you to be involved in your community. Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't have a whole lot of listeners. A lot of them are um, uh, part of our church family here at the Baptist Tabernacle. Uh, but there may be some listening uh, to this episode, and uh, maybe they feel God's call on their life to enter into a revitalization work uh, like what you all have experienced. What advice or uh, insights can you offer to help guide them in their efforts to uh, enter into this and to, you know, if God does lead them in this direction, to see a thriving church community being built? You know, um, I don't know necessarily what, it, what advice I could give, but I, I think one thing I, I've, you know, as I think about the question is um, that, you know, God's going to lead you where where he wants you to be. And, you know, every every place is going to have difficulty. You know, I, I you know, um, sometimes we like to sit there and say, well, this is harder than this place. And, and that may be the case in some aspects, and, and I can understand that. But I know that any place where God calls you, there's going to be difficulty to be there. And, um, and I, you know, one thing I learned when I first moved to Hilton is, that, is I had to tell myself, I, I can't be the Savior. You know, I, I, my family can't be the Savior to, to revitalize this church. It's got to be God. Yeah, and sometimes we get that you know uh, that hero complex where we feel like we're, we've come to save the day, and we're not. You know, God's come to save the day. God just wants to use us to do that. And because I say that, because you're gonna, it, you take on a task of that nature or any task, whether it's in ministry in general, and things are not gonna go your way, and you're gonna look at yourself and say, "I'm a failure," and and those things. And and it's not so much that we're I, I, I we're not failures. But we're challenged and we're tested, and ministry does challenge and test you. And I remember one of the thoughts. I think it was, um, I think it was about my my third my my third year in because because uh, that was honestly our third year was one of our hardest years that we, we went through there at Hilltop. And I remember just t- talking to a, a pastor friend of mine, and. He really tried to uh, honestly. He was like the devil's advocate, and he was like, "Well, you know, if, if you, you know, if you don't see any growth or you don't see anything, well, maybe it's not the place where, where God wants to build the church." Or, or, and and he wasn't saying that like to give up. He was saying like, you know, you know, uh, really kind of get me to think about it. And I remember that was after one of the hardest uh, letters I got about about a member who just really didn't want us to talk anymore. They just gave me a letter and said, "Hey, uh, we're leaving the church." And uh, don't contact us again. And I remember sitting there like, you know, failure. I mean, all that. And then I, I remember telling the Lord, I said, Lord, if you if you want this church to be here, then I need to know. I I I, I, I need you to confirm that in, in in that. And I remember, I think it was we had a, a actually a youth service a few days later on a Wednesday night. And that night there was uh, I'm, I'm I'm confusing two services, but. I know there was seven young people that got saved, and wow. uh, and that night, and it was like it was like the confirmation. The Lord said, "Yeah, this is a, what I want a church here." Yeah. 
And so really it, the question that even that they evolved from that night was more of, are you going to quit? You know, because cause that's the reality is this. You're either going to quit or you're going to uh, continue on and, and, and go through it. Because mm-hmm. that's really what it is. You're, you know, if, if you leave the ministry, you're a quitter. I, I mean, that's just the reality of what it is. I mean, you, we can say all the reasons. Well, I went through this, went through that. Well, I mean, there's the, the, the answer is still the same. It's a, you know, it's a quitting mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but ministry is hard. Ministry is difficult. And I, I can say this, as difficult as even at times at Hilton Baptist Church, you know, I think actually I've seen, you know, I tell people, I've seen more fruit than Jeremiah has, mm-hmm. you know, and he was, and I'd say, I would say he was a lot faithfuler uh, than I was, yeah. you know, and so, and he was, you know, because we're not promised fruit at all, you know, we just, uh, we're just pro- uh, called to go and, and obey and, and, and so, and going to a work, I mean, I think you have to remove your expectation. Right. You have to remove what, what you think it's going to be and start to figure out, hey, God, what do you want it to be? Yeah. And and I, I've learned that a lot through this through this process and is that, you know, I'm building the Lord's work. I'm not building my work. That's right. And it, it begins with, you know, I think a, a personal relationship each and every day. I mean, that that continually gets tested even in uh, as a pastor. Your spiritual life is important, and when I say spiritual life, I'm not talking about your study preparation. That's that's, that's totally separate than your personal walk with the Lord, um, because again, anything in ministry, again, like I said, whether it's revitalization or uh, or whatever that God's called you to do in in, in a community, it's it's going to be about um, you know your relationship with the Lord and how strong it is, because that that strength and that relationship is what's going to get you through those seasons. And, and the expectation has got to be upon God. You know, my life verse is Joshua 1.8. Uh, and, it, you know, this book of law shall, shall depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate there in day and night. For thou shalt uh, make the way prosperous, prosperous and have good success. And what it's, that verse is talking about is that, that if I follow God, success will be there. Not my version of success, but All God's right. version of success. And that's the reminder I constantly have is if I just follow him, the, uh, my ministry will be successful in the way that God wants it to be successful, not the way I want it to be. That's good. Brother Aaron, I sure do appreciate your willingness to come on and uh, share some of these things with us today. And uh, we're looking forward to see what God will continue to do mm-hmm. at the Hilltop Baptist Church through your ministry. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. And that concludes another enriching episode of Tabernacle Talks. We hope you found inspiration and encouragement through our conversation today. Before we go, we want to extend our gratitude to our wonderful guest who generously shared their story and insight. Your voice has truly enriched our community. We also want to express our deepest appreciation to the members of the Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. Your continued support and engagement make this podcast possible. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. Stay connected with us throughout the week. Connect with us on social media. Join us in our Facebook groups and let us continue to grow together in our faith. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to subscribe to Tabernacle Talks on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an opportunity to delve deeper into our shared journey. As we part ways for now, remember that you are an integral part of our church family. Let your light shine brightly in your community, spreading love, compassion, and the message of the gospel.